to the outsider sports hockey podcast we're happy to be back with another week in the national hockey league in the books i'm ben mandel once again joined by thomas leone and michael dykunzak guys very interesting week of hockey this past week but i think tom might have had the best week out of all of us between yes, the jack news and tarasenko news no, no, no i never i never get excited when a player gets hurt yeah. i, I well, no, actually I, felt I, I meant more along. I meant more along the lines of bad week for Mike and I, good week for you. Gotcha. Okay, <laughs> makes sense. All right. Yeah, I, I had to get it out there. I don't want the people to think I I root for injuries on <laughs> on on rival teams. Yeah, no worries there. But but Tom, what what was? I just want to hear what was your initial reaction? Not even talking about the results of the two games. What's your initial reaction to going and getting Tarasenko? Well, I, I, I it's the middle of my work day. It happened like it broke like at, at noon like a little afternoon. I'm like the, the trade deadline is almost a month away. I'm like, I, I got the notification on my phone. Cause I have a couple of the Rangers beat writers, you know, notifications on. And I'm like, Whoa, at first I'm like, all right, let me just see the return. That's always, I guess that's the, always the first reaction for fans, right? It's always like, Oh, what's the return? Like, did we give too much? Did we not give enough? And at first it was Tarasenko for just a pick that was rumbling. And then it came out that the Rangers are getting a defenseman back. What defenseman? And then it ended up being uh Nico Mikola. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So the Rangers might have to go up a little more. And I just think it was the perfect deal at the perfect time. The Rangers uh, saw their opportunity, knew they had to get deeper. I think they saw their superstar. I think this goes under the radar. I think they saw one of their superstars off a little bit in Panarin. I I think that they just wanted to get one of his buddies in. I think they wanted to get a good player in. It kind of checked both boxes. Uh, it rejuvenated Panarin, as we saw in the last two games. And it rejuvenated Tarasenko because we all know what he was what he was looking like in St. Louis. It rejuvenated Sammy Blay. Because I cannot believe the Rangers got rid of Sammy Blay, but St. Louis took him back and he scored in his first game back with the with the Blues. So I just think overall, I think this is why the Rangers make a lot of trades. It's it's and I'm not trying to sound pompous as a Ranger fan or like this, because you know, the Rangers are one of the premier hockey teams just history-wise, but they create a lot of good trade relationships, whether it be with St. Louis, whether it with the Buchanavi trade, because they never really play hardball and 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 come out on the other side of a trade. Like I can go all the way back to the trades for Yandel when they traded Duclair away and Duclair ended up becoming the player he was. Like I, I can go back years and years and the Rangers really do create good trade partners and and relationships, which is why they're able to pull and get St. Louis to pull on Tarasenko a month and a couple weeks after the trade deadline without seeing what Meyer's going to get, without seeing other similar situations and, and I was just ecstatic. And then obviously the outcomes of the two games after we got them made me even more happy. And just overall looking at it, they, you know, they just, they just made themselves better on a team that was actually hitting their stride 24 and three since December 5th. And only two of those games include Tarasenko. So they were already getting up there and getting hot and they just made themselves deeper and they're not done yet, which is just, it's just so exciting right now. They kind of started the year off. They were under the radar and now they're just right up there with New Jersey and Carolina and Toronto. They're just as good. And it's exciting. Yeah. It does pain me to say this just because as a devil's fan, you guys all know how much I hated the Rangers growing up, but I still hate the Rangers. But 
they are that. one of the they are a premier organization in this league they are it's a historic franchise they are a very very well respected franchise and not to mention the fact they are the biggest market probably in the united states yes. for hockey and, and i think and and i think that's big right because a lot of the smaller market teams don't they typically don't have good trade relationships with the big market like new york because they're like you're new york you're already going to get the free agents we don't want to give you more talent so it's even more impressive when the rangers are able to still maintain that and i think part of that is just because the league's mutual hatred for toronto outside of toronto (laughs) very true they want I they mean, want to beef up teams so they could beat Toronto. Yeah, I think Boston's I, I, getting up there too. I think after you know they fleeced Anaheim with Hampus Lindholm, I think I think we're going to start seeing Boston having to give up a little more than they usually do to get prospects and get talent in at the trade deadlines. I'm I'm sensing that a little bit. I do agree. I think this year Boston stays pat. I don't think they make a move because I don't think they need to. I I just don't think they have a hole, and I don't think any trade that they make would actually make them a better team with just how good that roster is at this moment. Now that's, that's this, that's right now in this time injuries, you know, Pavel Zaka can revert back to who he was the last five years. So, you know, we really, you don't know, but with the Rangers, I do think this is a great trade. I think, you know, they're able to go get another score. And when you think about the Rangers, what do you think of in terms of what do they really need to do to get better? It's certainly uh, not goaltending. No, no, it's <laughs> and not. And when you have an Igor, you can sacrifice a bit on the back end. Go load up and have the offensive weapons that can go there and score because you've seen a team like New Jersey, even when Igor is having a good game, put up can three go or four and goals put three them. or four on them. So, yep. you know, you do – and that offensive talent, I think they also saw – we mentioned uh, a couple weeks ago – the Devils were running laps around the Rangers. Well, let's go bring in some more offensive talent and not necessarily speed, but guys that know how to handle the puck and guys that know how to take care of the puck. And, and I think transition. that's exactly the Devils in transition are the best team in the league. And I think that this move obviously isn't catered towards a playoff matchup with the Devils, but I think it certainly impacts the idea behind the move. And I think it definitely makes a potential Devils Rangers playoff series even that much more intriguing because I think the offensive sides match up a little bit more evenly. And now the disparities really just in goal. The Devils yeah. have a bit of an edge offensively still, I think, with their speed, but the Rangers uh, have a better front pair of defensemen. I think the Devils' defense has more depth, but I, in goal, it's clearly Igor. I think on offense, the Devils' top six is still better, while uh, the Rangers' depth at forward is certainly good enough to keep pace with the Devils, if not even outscore them. I, I just want to add one more thing you know, about this, too, and about Tarasenko and the deal as, as a whole, and knowing that the Rangers aren't done. Ideally, the Rangers are going to add another winger, whether it be like a Tyler Mott type, or if they can flip Crafts off for... Uh, Hoglander or someone along those lines that's just going to give them even more depth in their bottom six. That's move. That move is coming, and it's known around the NHL. It's one thousand percent coming. And then there's also a possibility they, you know, and I think that became a possibility when they also got Mikola Mikola from the Blues. So with that being said, and I saw it Saturday night without that subsequent move happening, without the depth move happening yet, Gallant's ability to switch lines mid game has be also become deeper. 
Gaudreau is now stashed in the bottom six. Gaudreau's never going to touch top six minutes in, unless they need a, like a really stopgap in in a playoff series. Gaudreau's not touching top six minutes. Now he was just flipping between Kreider's, Benajad, Panarin, Tarasenko, and VC, and that's what the beauty of it was. That like he moved, I believe it, he moved Panarin and VC. I, I can't remember the move, but it was it was noticeable, right? Tarasenko wasn't on the line with Panarin anymore, and then they started scoring goals. So, and I can't forget about Trocek. My apologies. Vinny Trocek's beast. Um, and, <laughs> and yeah, and, and that's that's what, you know, the move no longer is Goudreau and VC and Gautier moving up into the top six or one of the kids. You keep the kid line the same, Hedl, Loff, and Kako, and then you're playing chess with the top with the top six based on how the, the flow of the game's going. And I think that's the big key about getting a guy like Tarasenko knowing, and then what makes it even more exciting is knowing they're going to go add another depth forward to solidify that bottom six, especially someone with playoff experience. It's it, it's exciting. It is really exciting. They close the gap on the top teams in the East, and that's, that's the only thing you can ask for at the trade deadline. Yeah, I think the best way to put this in terms of top six, right, with the way he's able to mix and match the top six, and then you throw in the kid line, the Rangers are one of five teams in the NHL that have a top nine. Yes. Right? That's, like, there are there are a, only a select few teams, and those are the teams that, you know, are the best offensively. And while the Rangers haven't been the best offensively, bringing in a Tarasenko now gives them a legitimate top nine. Now, Mike, you've been awfully quiet. I know we're talking Rangers here, but what are your thoughts on the Tarasenko trade? I mean, I'll, I'll say it best like this. I mean, I you know I hate to admit it. I mean, it's kind of funny because I'm like kind of being a hypocrite because of other fandoms that I have. But I always tell Tom, and he knows it best too. Um, you know the you know the reason why they could have gotten this trade done and why players you know like Patrick Kane, for example, are upset. You know that they got Terrence Seiko instead of him. Um, you know the New York market is just absolutely huge, and like you said the Rangers are you know they're they're a staple to the NHL when it comes to a franchise, and and it reminds me of one of my favorite teams, which is Dallas Cowboys. Everybody hates them, but everybody wants to play for him um so i it, i find the you know that to relate and uh and uh you know i told tom you know when i first found out about the trade like the, the fact that that mika panarin and, and terrence seiko is, is a line and it's their you know and then they have the depth that they do under that is it, just insane and you know it's big for the playoffs they definitely took a step forward and they'll you know and it, it's hard to not admit that they will be back to where they were last year especially adding terrence seiko they they got the they got the spot that needed to be filled um and he's already proven it i mean the the first game in there he already scored a goal first goal scorer you know plus 1300 i should have hammered it but uh but yeah, you know it's 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 pretty uh it's it's pretty cool to see and it's exciting because it's opening more opportunities for Miko, who's always a deadly scorer, and then obviously Panarin, who can do everything else as well. So um, it's a scary line. It's a great it's a great pickup. You know the the Rangers, you know, going to the playoffs have a lot of momentum right now. Yeah, one more thing I do just want to add. I mean, just think of the quality of hockey. If the Devils and Rangers met in a playoff series, and it's the five shame, guys honestly. on like the five guys on the ice for the Rangers, let's say it's Panarin, Tarasenko, and Zibanejad with Fox and Truba, and then you put on the Devils side, Heischer, Brat, Palat with Dougie Hamilton, or you do the Ryan Graves, John Marino pairing, which has been their best. The level, if you could just play five on five for 60 straight minutes, the level of hockey between those 10 guys would be unreal. And it's just a shame be- that that's going to happen in the first line, uh, the first round. It's a but shame. But you know what? It, it may be a shame that it happens in the first round because you're going to see one of these teams bounce that I think are probably capable and I think arguably in the top three or four of the Eastern Conference. But at least we get to see them play. Now, obviously, we have to get there. Moving on. 
we're going to slide over to some bigger news. And this one, this broke much more recently because that Tarasenko trade, Tom mentioned, he, it broke at work. It actually broke just two hours after we released the podcast where Tom said he wanted to see Tarasenko in a Rangers jersey. So and that's off to you for that, Tom, because I think you might have manifested it with it <laughs> happening literally hours after Patrick we were, Kane uh, salary retention. Patrick Kane salary retention. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm trying to make <laughs> so but moving on uh to the uh, some bigger news here and not really happy news uh alexander ovechkin taking a leave of absence from the capitals looks like it's going to be for at least a week uh and he posted on his instagram that this is due to the death of his father he's asking you know he's thanking everyone for their support but please asking for the respect and not disturbing his family during this time guys Washington's already one of those teams, and I hate to bring up hockey in a situation like this, but Washington is one of those teams that's on the bubble of getting in. They can't really afford to not have Alexander Ovechkin out there, and obviously Ovechkin has bigger things on his plate right now. But how does Washington survive and stay in a playoff spot without the grade eight? I mean, I'll jump in here. I mean, I I just got to say it's kind of hard that they do. I mean, I think without Ovechkin now, um, you know, it's kind of hard to to picture Washington in the playoff picture now. You know, um, you know, sending my condolence to Ovechkin and his family. It's a terrible situation. You know, to leave is definitely necessary. Um, but you know, we got to look at this at this guy. You know, this guy's what thirty seven years old, right? And you know, he leads this team with goals and assists. You know, like he is the heart and soul of this team. And and they're pretty injury based as it is. I'm pretty sure. Um, you know, Carlson's hurt. I'm pretty sure Tom Wilson's hurt. Nick Dowd. I think I, I think they're already limited as it is. So, um, you know, without a veg getting there, you know, they are just on the brink of, um, you know, just not having a team. And and then, you know, the, during the playoff push, it's just as rough as it is. So I got to say, unfortunately, you know, you know, due to circumstances, I, I don't think Washington's going to make the playoff spot. They need Ovechkin. You know, obviously Ovechkin deserves his time with his family. Uh, but, you know, I just don't see Washington hopeful getting in now. I think the only way that and Mike, Mike, you make like great points, but I think the only way and I'll play devil's advocate here and 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 go into a using this as motivation kind of route. That's the only way I can see Washington. It's 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 rallying for their guy. It's rallying for their captain. It's rallying for the franchise's all time player. I mean, uh, I'm sure Ovechkin said a few words before he took his leave. I'm sure everybody gave him his condolences. And I'm sure Ovechkin, the guy he is, is like, you know, keep things afloat until I get back and he'll be motivated. I always think about Marty St. Louis when, you know, when he lost his mother. I mean, he single-handedly led the Rangers to a 3-1 comeback against the Penguins. I mean, I mean, it's a, it's sad. And, you know, my condolences too to Ovechkin. But sometimes a moment like this could really galvanize a group, galvanize a player. And when it's a player of that magnitude – he can really, when he comes back, whenever the time may be, if the team can just stay afloat, they can get things rolling, just, you know, playing for their guy. So although I agree that I find it hard to believe that Washington will make a push, and I think this, you know, could derail them because they just don't have the depth and they're dealing with other injuries. I do think if they stay afloat and Ovechkin comes back, there may be some extra motivation and they could go on a late run. It's not impossible. It has happened before. So, yeah, it's 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 a sad situation, but it's also an interesting situation when you look at the hockey aspect of it. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, you never know how teams react. And when their backs are against the wall is when sometimes you see teams true colors and they're able to go out there and get wins and make plays. So, you know, for the Capitals, well, do I see them staying in the playoffs? Maybe. it's Hopefully it's only a week for Ovechkin. But, you know, that's two or three games. That Those are two or three very important games when every point really means something to this team. And 
in all honesty, I think we all kind of agreed that both Pittsburgh and Washington just don't seem like they're good enough this year to be playoff teams, even though they sit in spots. It's they don't have good enough depth on the back end. I don't even think they have good enough talent on the back end outside of maybe Carlson for Washington's sake. Who's old? Uh, d- exactly. And uh, uh, Dimitri Orloff, he's still there, right? He's yes. old though too. So, you know, I mean, those are core guys from when they won the cup five years ago or six or four years ago, whenever it was. So yeah, there's, there's certainly a lot going on for Washington. And even before, you know, this going on with Ovechkin, they had a lot of uh, questions and a lot of doubt as to whether or not they'd make it anyway. Now, let's kind of shift gears here and move over to the West, because I really think that just as East Coast fans, and Tommy brought it up last week, we don't pay enough attention to the West just because they're not playing until later on at night. It's very easy to be out of sight, out of mind, because their games really don't impact our teams that much. So I wanted to take a look out West, especially because it really feels like everybody has underachieved there except for maybe Dallas and Seattle. So what are your guys' thoughts on the Western conference with Dallas and Vegas currently leading their respective divisions? But then you have teams like Winnipeg and the LA Kings as well as the Seattle Kraken and Edmonton Oilers, currently ahead of the defending champion Colorado Avalanche, who a lot of people thought could repeat and still think can repeat with them still sitting in a playoff spot. It's interesting. I mean, mm-hmm. you know what the West kind of kind of reminds me of a little bit? I feel like it's almost set. I don't think there's any much movement. I mean, the 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 bottom dwellers of the league sit in the West. So, you know, you, you'll, you're looking at nine. 10 teams maybe fighting for eight spots and Nashville, I don't think is going to make a run. they kind of seem like they might even be selling at the deadline. Um, uh, yeah, Nashville, no. Nashville definitely has looked like they've decided to go in the other direction of yeah. what I was trying to manifest, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> I, hey, I'm sad about that too. And, and you know, the only team I, I look at outside the playoffs are right near there right now, or the flames that can possibly make a run because they just seem like they haven't meshed yet since the big trades that of the off season and injuries, but you know, they're a team that can get going at any time. And that's the only yeah, team I can see making a move in the West. Other than that, I think it's pretty set. It reminds me of the East last year where come, you know, February, March, it was like, everybody knows who's in the playoffs and, it is what it is. I feel like the same way here. Yeah, and I mean, the Flames, they are currently tied with Minnesota for points, but they have one more game played. So that's why Minnesota's been pretty rough as of late. Now, they did beat the Devil Saturday in overtime, or shootout, rather. But, you know, Minnesota, they've looked pretty rough as of late. Calgary, I think, to the contrary, has been the streakiest team. <laughs> They're either going on a winning streak or losing streak. So depending on when those happen, it could be. But we look out west. You see Nashville, Calgary, St. Louis, Vancouver. Those are four teams that everyone expected to be in the playoffs this year. And a big reason is because the Central Division was expected to be one of the weaker divisions in the league. And Dallas and Winnipeg, who were expected to contribute to those, have both been great. It's wild. Yeah, Mike, I know you're a big fan of Ottinger down and Robertson down there in Dallas. We watched the Devils play Dallas a couple weeks ago, but you know, with 
Dallas playing as well as they are in the West and Winnipeg playing as well as they are, do you see there being any movement, especially over near those two wildcard teams? I don't know. I kind of agree with Tom, but I think you said it best before, Ben, you know, uh, the fact that if you look at the standings in the West, you know, teams like Colorado who just won the whole thing last year and obviously the Oilers, you know, you know, they're always, uh, you know, a team that's, you know, up in there because they literally just have dry sidle and McDavid and that's it. It seems like, and, and then Minnesota being at the bottom too. Um, it, it just, it, it is very surprising to see the teams that are above them. Um, but, uh, when it comes to the stars and the jets, like you mentioned, uh, you know, it's very surprising. I mean, they have the talent. Um, it was just the fact that they were going to put it together. And I think it's awesome to see, but when it comes to movement, I got to agree with Tom. Like, I don't think that, uh, it's really going to move. It looks like it's kind of set in stone about who, what's the powerhouses in this conference. And then obviously, you know, the, the, bottom tier is the bottom tier so um you know i don't think it's gonna move at all i think it's kind of set in stone yeah and goal differential is pretty telling out west as well the only playoff team with a negative goal differential is the los angeles kings and they're only a minus one and part of that's actually been because of jonathan quick being atrocious and phoenix copley just i don't know he heads out west and he's a monster now (laughs) Uh, Phoenix Copley looked Phoenix Copley looked great with Hershey last year. I saw uh, watching the Wilkes-Barre Penguins play Hershey. They literally couldn't beat Hershey, and it was because of Phoenix Copley. Now he goes out to Los Angeles, and he dethrones Jonathan Quick, and that's the reason why LA is a playoff team. Quick has just been horrible. But outside of that, the other teams that we talk about being in the playoff conversation, and this includes Calgary, all with positive goal differentials. We look at everyone else below. Nashville's the next closest with a minus nine. And then you have St. Louis minus 24, Vancouver minus 37, San Jose minus 40, Arizona minus 45, Chicago, who is actually behind Anaheim at minus 65. And then Anaheim is minus 88 on the goal differential for a league worst. Ugh. Oh my God. I, I, I'm not trying to sound pompous again. I've said that twice now on this pod, but I don't think I've ever seen the Rangers in my life be that bad. I don't even well, know. How, I don't even know how well, you, no, you, you haven't seen the Rangers be that bad. Let's be <laughs> honest, Tom. I'm pretty sure they've only missed the playoffs like two times in your lifetime. That's very true. Yeah. Well, counting, not counting like early 2000s, more leaning more, towards yeah, like, like, like old enough to watch. Yes. And like post like lockout, big lockout. Yeah. Pretty much yes. post lockout was when we became old enough to really start focusing on it. Correct. And, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. So the Rangers really haven't been that bad. And like, could you imagine you know, being a fan of the Ducks right now? I mean, the Ducks were great, like in our like teen years. I mean, they were so much fun to watch. Well, um, and they're always going and on, Corey yeah, they're always going on deep runs. But could you imagine being a fan of them now? I'm sure the Honda Center is empty, which I have been to a couple times. It's pretty cool, pretty cool barn. But oof, scary. Yeah, it's it's definitely just a rough time for Anaheim. But who knows? It could turn around really quickly. Apparently, could. they made some good every... moves this offseason too. I was, well, I was impressed. Apparently, but... after every loss, the Anaheim Ducks suffer. McTavish is texting Connor Bedard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. After every loss, he says, "Hey, lost again tonight." <laughs> Which Welcome is to Anaheim. nuts. That is nuts. And Gibson is a fantastic goalie. He is. I He's getting up Gibson. there in age, though. He is, but he's still got it. He still makes saves, and he just doesn't have a team in front of him. Now, last point in the West. I want to talk about Colorado because how could we not? Obviously, injuries is the big story with the Avalanche, and I believe uh, they just lost another defenseman as well who's out indefinitely for the moment. So 
I mean, outside of getting healthy, what does Colorado need to do in order to ensure that they not only make the playoffs, but try to at least get home ice for a first series? Oof. I don't, I don't know. Truthfully, I mean, their goaltending's been decent. I don't think Georgiev has to be, you know, Georgiev is what he is. I, I think goaltending's been decent. I, I guess maybe they have to change their style of play a little bit with their, their, with their injuries. And um, I watched uh, the beginning of the game last uh, on on Tuesday uh, night, and uh, they got off to a red hot start against Tampa Bay. I just think you know. I could see them really getting their legs under them and really turning it on like the last month of the year, the last 12, 13 games. I could see them going like 10, one and one and then getting home ice and then just rolling into there. I think they've never, they haven't been able to get into a groove with all the injuries to your point. So I just think that's what they need to do. They need to just stay afloat, get healthy and go on a run, which we all know they're capable of. Yeah, certainly, certainly. So, we're going to start to wrap things up here, but one more uh, thing I did want to bring up because, yeah, we have some time between the trade deadline, but it seems like after each podcast, we have a trade going on. Um, <laughs> we had the Bo Horvat trade right before we recorded the last one. We had uh, the Tarasenko trade right after we released the last one. No trades right before this one, but guys, what trade happens? What is one player you think gets traded away before we record our next podcast? I honestly believe, after some reports that I've seen, it might be be a, might be a little biased and it might be crazy, but I really do. I, I think Timo's going to the Devils. I don't know why, but I do. I've seen a lot of reports that uh, Fitzgerald has been really pushing it with San Jose, um, and, and you know they're looking to get something done. I don't know what it exactly is going to be. I'm hoping it's going to be between this timeline, so I'm right. But I really do that. I think that the Devils are going to make a move. I feel like they, um, you know, do the, do they have to? Not necessarily, but I think uh, Fitzgerald wants to make a splash right before this last uh, stretch before the playoffs. It's your guys' turn to manifest something. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I manifest <laughs> to existence. I think um, it's going to be Chikrin. I, I just think that Arizona has a deal on the table with a couple teams, might be finalizing details and then choosing the best, best package. But he is way too good of a player and probably loves hockey way too much to just be sitting on the bench for another couple of weeks. Chickering's going to be traded we as soon as too. possible. Uh, I think it's a toss-up between Boston and uh, the Kings, probably the Kings. I'll go the Kings. I'll lean mm-hmm. Kings. That would be that would be a, honestly a great because the Kings just signed somebody long, didn't they? Just signed the Michael one? Anderson, yeah, yeah, Michael Anderson, yep. yeah. So I mean, yeah, yeah, that would be a that would be awesome for them. Be a nice little pairing to lock them up. Yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, before the show, you guys brought up uh, Vladislav Gavrikov in Columbus. Looks like he's going to get shipped out with him being scratched. And I do also want to throw out here Patrick Kane's list of teams he wants to be traded to came out. And it only includes the Leafs and the Rangers. So, <laughs> I'm so telling Patrick. you guys, salary retention for the, the Blackhawks are going to take care of their guy. He's going to be a Ranger. Oof, that would be I, insane, I, especially because the only team that anyone could hate more than the Rangers is the Maple Leafs. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't like like Chicago. And, and listen, the Rangers have crafts off now that requested a trade. Give them crafts off. Give them a first-round pick. I don't care. As long as they retain almost all the salary for, what, the rest of the season? He's an unrestricted free agent next year. Uh, yeah, I would love that. Dude, your, the Rangers' lines would be absolutely Their fourth insane. line would be Barkley, Goodrow. And, and Vet, probably uh, DZ. And Gautier or, or someone along. Yeah. 
Gautier, yeah. Then the third line would be the kids. Their second line would probably be Trocheck, Kreider, Kane, or their first line would be Panarin, Mika, Kane, and then it would be Trocheck, Tarasenko, Kreider. Oh, my God. Yeah, that would that, be yeah. – That makes well, be going sick for to it. my stomach. I I don't think that Timo Meyer gets traded before our next pod, but I, I do I do want to add in. I think he's going to the Devils, and this is uh, Shang Peng. He's one of the guys for uh, NBC Sports California uh, on the Sharks. Apparently, Tom Fitzgerald had reached out to the Sharks and said, before you make any move on Timo Meyer, let us know. We will. We want the final shot. We will give up more to get him. So that is saying something. Now, it is also worth noting that Timo Meyer, we had mentioned, was a UFA. He is a RFA. So that is also important moving forward as well in the Timo Meyer trade. Now, in terms of a player getting traded before uh, our next show, I'm going to kind of go out of left field here. I'm going to say Jonathan Taze. And mm. I think it's because... Give his teams too? Uh, I don't think he's given his teams, but I also don't think he has as much of a preference. A partial I think he just wants too, to go... I think, right? I, I'm not sure exactly, but I think he'll wave to any contender while Kane is just like, I want to play in a big market. Yeah, and those I'm saying are just here the, going to Toronto or New York. And yeah. I think those are those are the differences between those two players. I, I think none of that surprises anybody. But, you know, Jonathan Taze, you look – a team that needs a center is going to take a flyer on him, and I think they're going to do it sooner than later – uh, because they want to be the ones who try to set the center market after the Bo Horvat trade. Can I guess your team that you're going to say, Ben? I'll be honest. Uh, I didn't really have one. But <laughs> what about what is, how does Dallas sound to you? I think he actually would be a great fit because they have enough speed around to put around him. Him and Pavelski in a big yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I would necessarily want those two together. I, no, I no, no. I'm just saying the having them both on your team. Well, and those would, two yeah. guys in the locker room would be phenomenal. I exactly, think, yeah. You know, behind Pavelski, the leadership there isn't necessarily what it was. But imagine if they get Jonathan Taze. Imagine, like, think of what that Dallas team would be if it was, like, six years ago. Oh my God! With Sagan and Tyler Ben's Sagan, here. Jamie oh Ben, <laughs> Joe Pavelski, Jonathan Taze. <laughs> yeah, Christ. jeez. But you know, even those guys with their age, I still think Sagan can play. I still think Jamie Ben's shot is wicked. I think Jonathan Taze can come in and help win a lot of faceoffs. Uh, the leadership thing is just an added bonus. They have Pavelski, but the two of them together, and I think Taze on a power play with Pavelski would be deadly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and then Robertson setting setting Robertson up. Jeez. Exactly. Exactly. Sign me up for dollars on Dallas to win the cup. <laughs> yeah, um. I'll tell you what. I wouldn't necessarily take them to win the cup because I still think the cup winner is gonna come from the east. The East, I agree. But get there at least. Maybe win the West. Oh, put certainly. some put some shekels on that. Yeah, certainly. I mean, hey, they might not even be a bad move to win the West now without Taze because they are the uh best team in the West in terms of points. Yeah. But, We are going to start to wrap things up here. Guys, do you have any last points before we uh, sign off before next week? I want to say one thing. The trade speculation around Eric Carlson is actually unbelievable to me, and I can't wait to see 
what contender puts their chips into Eric Carlson and then has to pay him even with salary retention of 50%. They'd have to pay him 8.7 for the next four years. I can't wait to see what contender puts their own foot in their mouth by trading for that guy. He's horrendous defensively this year. Sure. He's going to put up crazy offensive numbers for you, but I don't care when it comes to the playoff time, you get into the first set when you get into the second, third round. I don't care if it's a dude that can't skate forward. I just want someone back there locking things down and not making sure the puck doesn't going to my net and that's not what Eric Carlson does and is at that and at that number who so I just I can't believe that that Eric Carlson is as hot of a trade prospect as he is right now it's actually mind-boggling to me but we'll see that's my last point for me yeah I mean look it's Eric Carlson the reason why he's as hot a topic as he is is I think it's because San Jose realizes this is the only chance they're going to get to unload him very fair so they're and again I said this last week I would be pushing to just I I would give Timo Meyer away if I were them if it allowed me to dump off Carlson's contract. <laughs> yeah, like, I, them together. Yeah. I would like you send them <laughs> to like Arizona, but both players just say, "Hey, Arizona, like who, who's that guy that's standing on the bench? Let's we'll take <laughs> him for Carlson and Timo Meyer." Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> like I would do that if I was San Jose. I would sacrifice Timo Meyer. To get rid of Carlson because then it gets you out of that cap hell. You can go sign some free agents and all of a sudden you're back to being a competitive team. Yep. Now, Mike, you have anything else to add on here to say before we uh, head out for the week? Uh, I hope Jack Hughes uh, gets better and he can take my upper body. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yes, I hope uh, so too. We, we didn't even get to talk too much about Jack Hughes this week. But yeah, you know, Jack Hughes, he did skate, uh, yeah, I believe, yesterday yep. with the team. So Hopefully uh, he will be back by. Hopefully when he's week. back, Timo will have his debut. That's what mm. I, <laughs> I saw a tweet about that. Today. Being, I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> I think it was very smart for the devils to hold him out. I, oh, I really do. Oh, it was very oh certainly. I had yeah. a, I actually was out at, I was out at a bar seeing a show and it was actually the band, the guy who I was seeing, he's the lead singer of uh, the gaslight anthem who oh, nice. sings the devil's goal song. How, but nice. you know that's i just had to throw that in there but you know there was a guy at the bar saw me with my devil's hat he's like what are we doing about jack hughes and he's sitting there trying to tell me he's gonna be out for six weeks and i'm like <laughs> survive just survive don't sacrifice your future just yes. get into the playoffs you know what you got the team don't give up too much and don't overreact but that's gonna do it for us here on the outsider sports hockey podcast we appreciate you tuning in and be sure to catch us next week
attention. I can buy me new kicks. Tell like we Lilo and Stitch. Back on my scene with a blick. Pink magazine for the chick. Been driving you crazy, no stick. Crazy, no stick. Slay for the label, we click. Fuck Will and Jaden, no hitch. Jay with no Z like I'm Critch. I'm here for your soul, get an itch. Whenever they play that bullshit, my life is a bug of this shit. Let it fertilize all of my hits. And I've been out the pen as a glitch. Don't skip on the son of a bitch. Don't skip on me, son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Hey, quit wasting all my time. I'm a busy man. I'm 